to racing only better to kick off the weekend we have action to bring you from haydock the curra and goodwood all on saturday it is irish 2000 guineas weekend we have a short price odds on favorite but i think the winner will come from elsewhere and winners of plenty in the company of mr kevin he's just eaten so he's fat as a pancake blake how are you guys oh yeah good stuff you yeah 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 absolutely right of the rumble what did you eat casserole stew Chewing and pasta, the very boring. Chewing and pasta. Look at this athlete. Mm. Ah, Tony Calvin, way <laughs> too healthy for me. Way too healthy for me. Tuna and pasta to fuel up. What are you, what are you, what are you having for dinner, Tony Calvin? Uh, I've got some gammon steaks. Lovely. And oh, some right. to wash it down with. Fantastic. Gammon it's, and it's, cider. It's getting a show on the road. Tell you what, you, won't, you, you won't get that on the Ritz anyway. Gammon and cider. Right, <laughs> right Dan Barber? <laughs> yeah, I'm good, Dan. Do I have to tell you what I've eaten? Go yeah. on. I just just badly again. I had a fry badly. up at Market Raisin, and then I had a pie and chips for lunch. Things listen, aren't going well. Listen, pie and fry. Your cat, your catwalk career is coming to an end very soon. Right, let's kick on, gents. We do have a lot of races to get through, so let's uh, kick things off with Haydock on Saturday. The one twenty five on the card is the Florida Handicap, and um, it's over a mile and a half. Your market lead at the time of recording, which is Thursday evening, is Songo or Songo at seven to two. Um, you've got Carlos Felix at five to one. What's the Wi-Fi code? Eleven to two. Collinson at a thirteen to two, and it's nine to one. Bar Kevin Blake. And um, I haven't a notion really. This Haydock uh, handicap. Can you make any sense of it for me, please? Um, horrible enough race. Thought I'd have a wild swing at one. Baltic Baron is about a million to one. Um, he's come right down the weights. He's well handicapped on his old form. Um, is he proven at a mile and a half? Not really. But I'll take a chance on him, given the price he is. I thought he ran okay in his return. He's surely going to come on from that. Um, you know, this will just be his second run for, for Danny Brooks. So, yeah, Baldy Barrett, million to one. Why not? Yeah, million to one. He's 33 to one at the time of recording. For yourself, Tony Calvin, have you made sense of this Florida handicap, please? Yeah, I've had a little nibble on Carlos Felix, uh, Carlos Felix at five to one. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm very worried about uh, Milton Harris's song go. I mean, that... That guy's strike rate this season, flat hand jumps, is just phenomenal. So I'm always worried about his runners. But Carlos Felix, uh, Carlos Felix um, mm. once bought for 700 grand, is now down mm. to mark of 60. Yikes. That's yeah. money wasted. That's money wasted. He did look a very promising horse a couple of years ago when he won at Ascot. Uh, but he hasn't won since, and he's come massively down the weights. But he's been running consistently of late. Um, bumped into a gamble last time. Uh, the winner was back from 16s to threes and, and just did him um, just did him into second there. So I think on that form, that was uh, over two miles. Coming back to a mile 40 in his favour, the ground, better grounds is going to be fine for him. Like I say, he's back to a decent mark. First time cheap pieces, hopefully will make the difference. Kirby's seven from 60 in the last six years, uh, which is a fair strike rate concern mm-hmm. uh, uh, compared to his overall strike rate. So, yeah, I think Carlos Felix is um, is a decent price. I'll be looking for a guide price around about five, so five, five to one or bigger on the exchange. So, okay. worried about Songo, but Carlos Felix for me. Seven to two, time of recording. Five to one, uh, the target price on the exchange for Tony Calvin, Carlos Felix for Philip Kirby. What about yourself, Dan? Here's a tricky enough handicap here. Who have you made sense of, please? I'm with TC. I do. Ooh. I mean, he's just ready. To, I think he's just ready to win this horse. He got stuck on the inside that day at Wolverhampton. Something swept round the outer and unexposed new market raider and beat him. And then, as Tony said, he ran into a complete unknown quantity. I say unknown. The market and whoever, I can't remember who trained it now, they very much did know. It's a bit similar to that one at Kempton that we saw only yesterday at the mm. time recording. Um, he's a strong traveller. There's a pace to chase. 
he's not been a prolific winner down the years, but he looks a knocking each way bet to me, a bit of a bet to nothing. Okay, so 7-2, two, two strong shots for Cardiff Felix then in our opener at Haydock, the Florida Handicap. From the Florida Handicap to the Nanel Hook Handicap and at 2 o'clock on the card, and it's a two-miler this, so uh, stayers only need a fly. Uh, bumper horses, in other words. Uh, Bantanelli leads the way at 5-2 to two for Charlie Appleby. You've got Gubernator at 9-2 to two for Donald McCain. Valley Forge, 11-2. Miranda, 7-1. to one. And just Hubert, 9-1. You can have what you like about the rest, Tony Calvin. Again, it's a wide open, staying division, two-mile handicap here. Mm. Difficult puzzle to work out. 5-2, to two, the market leader for Charlie Appleby. Who do you like? Yeah, I was going to give Valley Forge a chance, uh, but he's mm. been one of the... We're recording this at 6 o'clock on Thursday. Been so- hammered. And he's been one of the gambles of the day. Betfair Sports went up at tens, as did all the other firms. Eleven to two. Tens went to seven to one, into eleven to two. So I'm a bit price insensitive, unlike yourself, you. So I pulled <laughs> there, and I switched uh, allegiance to just Hubert, which is not the Hubert. Yes, um, go and have a look at this. This horse's comeback run over a mile four Ascot last time can be marked up massively there. Obviously, that's an inadequate trip because he's a two miler all over. But he met trouble in running there. And um, and he and he stayed on pretty well after after that trouble. Uh, dropped a little bit in the weights, back to two miles, back to decent ground. Uh, the only problem is I I backed him each way at nine to one with the sportsbook. We're playing four places. I was going to go win only because he has refused to race and he can be a, he can be very very tricky. Most Huberts are tricky and uh, <laughs> the real. Sure he or she at the moment. So anyway, sorry. Anybody, someone look that up. It can't be she if it's Hubert for Christ's sake. Have you mm. yourself recently? We've seen, we've all seen the picture of you at that Irish meeting. Jeez, my teenage bullying years coming back to haunt me here. You have to be careful in this day and age. That does anyone ask what the horse listen, wants to be called? Listen, listen. <laughs> let's just say it's gender fluid and leave it at that. Okay, <laughs> he, she, we, they. Who cares? Tony Calvin stepping up. Just anyway, so, so the, the, obviously, I, I think stepping up to two miles. You know, the horse de- did win twice. Uh, he actually third in this race last year on unsuitably heavy ground. So I think everything's in place for just you, but hopefully to hit the frame and hopefully to win. So nine to one is a very fair price. If you want to back him each way, a sportsbook will play in the extra place. I can't disagree. I can't disagree, Dan Barber. Sure, how could he? My namesake here. I hope he goes and does it. What about you, Dan? Gubernator, who won that Sunday series handicap at Haydock last season, beating a very progressive Emirati hero. That form reads well. He's been given a break since he blew out over hurdles. And then... His main danger, of course, is Bandanelli. I mean, there's a case saying he should be even shorter because his record is one of, of progress, race to race. And he strikes me like the sort of horse that will relish a stiffer test of stamina and he'll get that. Okay, thanks, Dan. And your pick, Kevin, for the Nell Hook handicap. Are you going to agree with either Tony Calvin or Dan Barber? Or are you just going to go out on your own, as he always does? I'm going to go out on my own, you always on my own. I'm, to, I mean, I'm stepping out with my old flower, my old pet, Miranda. Go on, Miranda. Uh, she's been a great she's been a great old lady to me over the years now. And we're, we're going to go with her on her belated return to the flat. Um, mm. Because we haven't seen her much on the flat um, since she's joined Paul Nichols. She's been super over hurdles, kind of rated up in the mid-140s. Um, she had two spins on the flat a couple of years ago, ran very well in a listed race at bat, um, listed fillies race, um, and then went to a kind of a more winnable option at Nottingham over a mile six. I was just unlucky to bump into one in um, Land of Winter, who had like basically a stone in hand on the day and, um, and got first run on her and won well, but she put the rest away quite well. And um, she's stepping up to two miles on the flat for the first time here, which I think was suit. Those two previous two runs were a mile six. 
And uh, yeah, I'm quite keen on her. Look, we haven't seen her since mid-March, so you're taking um, a full fitness kind of on trust, but it's Nichols, lads. He never sends them to the, to the races um, too short. So I'm siding with her. For, for Megan as well, I, I think that the, the Nichols daughter, uh, father and daughter combination might come up mm. drops here. Okay, great. Okay, 7-1. to one. Um, A little bit of support as well in from 8-1 to one in the market this week. So Miranda for Kevin Blake. The 235 is the Silver Bowl handicap. And this is a chance for me to tell you about the money back special on the Sportsbook and the exchange. So money back as a free bet if your horse fails to place here. Money back as a free bet if your horse fails to place in the 235 at Haydock. Um, so you might as well have a stab here. Um, just to let you know then, so at the time of recording, 235, your market leader is Mighty Ulysses, brilliant name, 5-4. to four. And he's been backed in from 7-4 to four to 5-4, to four, John and Teddy Gosden. Mr. Wilson at 9-2 to two for Gavin Cromwell, who's sending this over. Spirit Catcher is in there for uh, Charlie and Mark Johnson, 9-1. to one. Dirty Old Town, 10-1. to one. Tolerant Royal at 10 to 1. Let's have a feel like about the rest here. Um, okay, Dan, uh, short price fav, mighty Ulysses. Are you with or against? I'm, I'm not going to say I'm massively with him at 5 to 4. I'm a heck, but I don't, don't really fancy many of the others. And there's, a, mm. there's an obviously big angle here. It's chock full of front runners. Dirty Old Town tried to nick a race at Musselburgh first start for Grant Chew and nearly managed it. He got run down by Spirit Catcher. Tollard Royal's gone from the front before. City Runner has. Mr. Wilson has. So everything's in his favour. The negative, of course, is price. And I'm not saying I'd back him at five to four, but I don't see really a hole in him tactically in terms of profile. I think the mark's pretty generous about an animal that's got fancy entries. I think he'll probably just win, but I won't be either backing him or laying him. Kevin, Mr. Wilson has gone from eight to one into nine to two for Gavin Cromwell. So there's a lot of support behind um, uh, this horse, this three-year-old um, coming in. His first run since... Um, a winter break there last time out, but did well enough. Um, I don't know what you think of his chances or who you like in this race. Yeah, he finished second in like what's quite a, a kind of a prestigious handicap considering, you know, it's the, the first meeting of the season, the Madrid handicap. Like it's mm. been won by, by classic future classic winners in the past. I've odd had one of them there, sure, before winning the Otad, Irish yeah, um, yeah, 2000 yeah. guineas. And Jerry um, Lyons had the winner and Mark has Panaim and he like really thinks highly of that fella and he's won a group three since. So like that... Excuse me, that's pretty strong form, and he he yeah. put away the rest very well. Um, but yeah, he, he wasn't my he wasn't my pick. Was he not? Say um, no, Sorry. no. I, I was quite taken with Outgate at Chester. Um, has really been progressing, and um, that was a strong all race at Chester that that he won, and uh, he got a lovely spin around, but it, it was just the way he put it to bed, and he mm. put the race to bed very quickly when when Ryan kind of found open country. And there was a lot of attention on the second because he ran a lovely race after things gone wrong for him. But I thought Outgate kind of did everything right and you know won in good style despite the second being a bit unlucky. So I thought a five pound rise rise was reasonable. They're going here rather than kind of waiting for Ascot or um, there's another race at Chester they could have gone further coming here. And um, yeah, I, I thought he was the one now at the price. Lovely. Finally to you, Tony Calvin. There are two right down the bottom of the market here. Betting market that is. Oh, Herbert's reign and Ring of Barra. And I, I'm pretty sure you've tipped up one, if not both of them before. And um, I'm just curious to know, will you side with them again? Um, first thing to say, I mean, I'm with Dan here. I mean, I can just let the favourite go unbacked and untipped and, and win at the, the price he is. I mean, mm. it's James's Palace stake entry off 101 with the claimer taking off another five. And obviously he's been banging in all kind of winners. So yeah, it's, 
yeah, it's you know, if, if he wins by four, you ain't going to be surprised. But I think the money back special is interesting in this race because of that reason. Um, you know, if you're not playing, so I wasn't playing forever better in the race, but I might do with that concession. And you have a situation whereby I think Spirit Cats is very solid uh, at nine to one each way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and, uh, <laughs> you mentioned Ring of Beer. I actually tipped him first time up. I think I backed him up. Yeah, I did. That's what I meant. That's why I, yeah, I saw I him. I knew you tipped him. Uh, I left. do listen to you sometimes, DC. Yeah. Just the odd times. Someone some just say sticks in my head. Maximal tipped him at about 11 to 2, and he actually went off at double that price at Bet for SP. So mm. I think we say he wasn't fancied and wasn't ready there. On his on his 2021 form, he's actually fairly handicapped. Uh, and he's a, he's a tempting price at 28 to 1. But yeah, I might chuck a few quid now with uh, that concession with Spirit Catcher and Ring of Bearer. Mm-hmm. But in all seriousness, I I think the favourite probably will win, and I might be looking for in the without favourite markets for those two uh, as well. Once 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 those lines come up, but yeah, okay, boring. But I think the favourite will probably slash in. Money back as a free bet if your horse fails to place in the race. So you might as well have a spin on either the sportsbook or the exchange. Three ten Sandy Lane Stakes. It's a Group Two contest. So. Uh, one of the stronger races on the card here. And we have one of the best juveniles from last season. Go Bears Go! At 2-1. to one. Bit of support. 11-4 into 2-1 to one at the head of the market. Then you have El Caballo at 5-2. to two. Flaming Rib 9-2 for Hugo Palmer. Uh, Katora at 7-1. to one, And it's 14-1 to one bar. Um, Beauty Inspire, by the way, has been entered here in this race after refusing to race at Nace on Sunday. I was there. Stuck head between the stalls. 16-1. to one. So um, it'd be interesting to see if Beauty Inspire puts up a, a bit of a run here. But go, Bears, go. Surely he's going to take all the beating, Kevin Blake. Um, a strong race, this one, Hugh. Yeah, sure looking, go, Bears, go. Kind of sets a, sets a standard, doesn't he? Um, he was go, Bears, go! Yeah, it's a good name. He was brilliant last season. <laughs> very, very good in his comeback. He sets the bar high enough now. Um, but I do like Flame and Rib. Um, I, I, was, I was impressed with him again at Chester last time because they, they gave him a guineas prep, um, hoping he might stay the mile. And they ran him in the green and didn't get the trip. And, you know, from one extreme to the other, they went from trying to relax him to hopefully get a mile to drop back to five furlongs at Chester, which was a big ask of him, I thought. And um, he passed the test in a big way, um, beating Kings Lynn, who uh, who is no joke, you know, an older horse. That's a very good sprinter. And a flaming rib beat him fair and square. So I'd say six would be his trip. Um, his juvenile form would suggest that. And he was very strong late at Chester. So... I was favouring him, but it's a, it's a very good rest. Do you reckon? Do you reckon Edward Cornelius, right down the bottom there, one hundred one, gets beaten up by the other horses in Dog Leash Mark <laughs> having that stupid name? Do you, Edward, Cor- <laughs> Edward Cornelius? Hello, Edward. What's your name? Edward Cornelius. Oh, <laughs> bang! Lads. He's probably the minister for health or something. <laughs> oh, Jesus! Pal of Jacob Rees. Rees Mogg. I was just going to say the same thing. Himself and Rees Mogg are like that. Edward Cornelius. You're getting bet anyway. He's described as an overgrown school prefect. Let Jacob. Uh, that's one of the stunning stats in the world, isn't it? He's actually younger than Carly Minogue. <laughs> <laughs> Could you imagine them two going at it? Oh, oh my God. God. Jesus Christ. Jesus. I don't know. Oh, listen, we're talking about gender Jesus. food with Jacob Rees Mogg, right? Anyway, Tony Calvin, who do you like in this? Go Bears go for me all day long. Um, close, close to napping, but um, who do you like? I, I totally get the, the front to the top of the market, but it's the sports book get filled in at two to one and five oh. on the top two, then I think they I think they'd love that position because <laughs> <laughs> 
What are you thinking? But you're pushing Kylie Minogue and Jacob's re- 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 This is carry on, carry on only better. A betting position view. <laughs> if they can get, they probably get him in around. Like I said, well, even if they have to go three to one each or two, they've got the field running for him at evens, and they're going to get they're going to get a better position than that. So, I mean, you look at the official ratings here, and you know there's not a lot between these. And like I think I think the front two probably take out a bigger chunk of the market than they should. So. With that, I will try to get them both in the book at sub three to one and have the field running for me odds against. But uh, okay. I, I won't be playing too heavy. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. Still nobody coming down with Gobert's go. Dan Barber, give me some uh, 11 to four and a two to one. There has been a bit of support here. Again, standout for me of the two year olds last season. And I, I just, uh, I like him in this group two contest. What do you think? I'm going to hope Kev can fill me with some sound effects here because I'm going to say, I'm going to take a swing, as Kev likes to say. Yeah. Um, I think Giza Sub is overpriced. That's my calling card when I walk into my local. Giza Sub, lads. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, he definitely needed the run at, Ham- at Hamilton. It was an evens chance. He was second in the gym crack at York last season. Mm-hmm. He was unlucky. I thought he showed a lot of speed. I put him up at Goodwood last season. I think he was in the Molecombe. He didn't deserve to win. Perfect power in that race. I was at the Richmond. But he shaped well again. And I'm just, I just thought he needed the run blatantly. Um on his reappearance. So I'm inclined to believe he will step up on that. And if he gets back to the gym crack form, he's not as big. He, he should be a shorter price than he currently is. Okay. Gives a sub then for Dan at 20 to one. Um, and for what it's worth, go, go for me. Don't listen to me. I'm only leaving the stats once again. The table should tell you that later on. Uh, 345 is the Temple Stakes Group 2 once again. It's a burst of a sprint though. So fast horses need only apply. As we know, Winter Paris are 30 to 8 favourites. Uh, came to the dark for Ed Walker at nine to two. Uh, Twilight calls five to one. Kings Lynn for Andrew Balding thirteen to two. Let's have what you like about the rest here. Um, right, so Tony Calvin of the five furlong sprinters in this group two is Winter Power the most likely winner? Do you think if she comes here in any of her York forms, obviously the num for which she's unpenalised for, then she'll win. But the the angle against her is you know she is very beatable away from away from York and yeah yeah like. A price is a price is set. If you're looking for one that's quite strong against her, it came from the dark. Yeah, in, it was ten to uh, eight to one earlier in the day uh, in a place totally out of line. I think so nine to two is probably the, the benchmark price. Each way, I think he's he, he's very solid. I mean, he didn't run his race on his comeback, but the the angle there is the Ed Walker team were were not in great form, uh, and they are now. I mean, he he's only had nine winners. All, all, all year, and four of those have come uh, in the in his last eight runners. So he's coming back to form at the right time. The the horse has got an excellent Haydock form, albeit in a lesser grade. He's three from five around here. If they get a little bit more rain, which they'll do on Friday, that'll be in his favour. Uh, I think if you're looking for a solid each way play against the favourite, came from the dark is it. Okay, came from the dark for Tony Calvin then. For yourself, Dan Barber, of the five furlong sprinters, who's the fastest? Sorry, I think I missed... You may not even have got to him. What price is Arachibo? Arachibo, I didn't mention him. Arachibo is 28 to 1 time of recording. Yeah, I, am, I think that's very tempting for a horse that's... He's really Slow. effective in fast run, five furlong races this is going to be. And I thought he needed his reappearance. I'll have a crack at him each way at 28 and hope that he gets into the places. As Tony says, if the winter power of the Nunthorpe et al. turns up, she's going to run these off off their feet, but she'll face some competition for the lead from Last Crusader, and I'm hoping they just go too hard. I don't think Arachibo is a 28 chance on some of his form in, in the good sprint races last season. 
Yeah, okay, fair one enough. Thing to, one thing to say there for, sorry, Kev, uh, if you are betting each way, the sportsbook are giving you an extra place as well. So the each way angle is even more attractive. Yeah, definitely. Jolly. Okay, our achievement for Dan then, and a big old price, Kev. You love a fast horse. Which of these is your fastest? I love a fast horse. Um, yeah, look, Fav is what she is. You know, she's a group one filly, and if she brings her best, you know, she's been brilliant. She was brilliant at York all last season. I think she was three from three there. Um, pace holds up generally quite well. Um, I'm going to give another chance to try that calls. Um, okay. Because I just like that performance so much at Newmarket the time before last. Um, form has worked out well. Time was fairly electric. Um, and I just don't think the race really went for him at Newmarket last time. It was messy, um, probably in the wrong part of the track, etc. Um, drawn relatively close to winter power. So hopefully there'll be no such complaints this time. And um, yeah, Twilight calls to bounce back. I think he's a group horse, um, but he needs to go and prove it. All right. Okay. Winter power for me as well. Sticking with the fab. No surprise there. That's Haydock done and dusted, gentlemen. Good stuff. On to the Curra then on Saturday. And it is uh, 2000 Guineas weekend. So some cracking racing at the Curra um, at the weekend. Um, we'll kick off with the Marble Hill, which is the 210 on uh, the card on Saturday. Just give me the prices up here. If you just give me two seconds. Uh, big crowd expected. Weather as well, not too bad. So um, hopefully get a good old turnout as well because the Curra really needs it. And you know what? It could do with a decent uh, controversy-free weekend of 2000 guineas. And we're talking about stable, um, sorry, the stadium and the stand as much as anything else. Okay, look, so- look at the quality of filling from Hugh there as, as he got his prices. Absolutely brilliant. <laughs> He's a pro. <laughs> right, the Marble Hill is the group three and uh, two tail on the card here. So look, it's a short field. We've got uh, Blackbeard for eight <laughs> Bingo! Looking for three in a row. <laughs> Maymar for uh, Mick Callahan at uh, Ocean Vision, Tough Talk, and uh, Danube for Aidan O'Brien as well, with Shane Heffernan on board. So clearly Ryan Moore has gone for Blackbeard here. Um, Kevin Blake, he's the favourite and the one to beat. Um, is he the most likely winner? Uh, Jerry Lyons obviously has Tough Talk as well. He's unbeaten. So yeah, it's a, look, it's, a, it's, a, it's a small field, but it's a, it's a rock-solid field. Yeah, sorry, that, that's one of my racing only better. Bing, that's always on my bingo card, as Hugh Cattle referred to a small field as a short field. <laughs> hence, hence, hence the bingo shout. He's just so bingo. obsessed with height. I mean, it permeates everything. That's why, that's, why I was, that's why me and you will never meet, Dan. Like, right. We have, you just couldn't see me. <laughs> oh. I, won't look, I won't look past the neck. Right, Ken, give us the way from here. I like tough talk. I, I'm. Ooh, I like tough, tough talk. talk a lot, actually. Um, what price did you say he was? Sorry. Um, early indication he's going to be slight favour over Blackbeard, but it's a very okay. market. Around about seven to four, I think. No, okay. I was thinking okay, yeah, okay, if, he, okay. if he wasn't fav, uh, he'd be quite attractive, but he's going to be close to it. But um, yeah, that that maiden that he just about won at the Curra was the strongest maiden we've seen so far, in my view. Uh, super strong on the clock. Um, you know. The runner-up, Little Big Bear, is, is considered, you know, is really, really highly regarded. Mm. The third, who was well beaten, has come out and won since. Um, just squeaked in, but it was a messy race. He was better than that. And um, I thought Tough Talk now did a big job. Not not really bred to be out in kind of the 10th of April winning the maiden. So I'd say he'll only go on improving. Um, um, by Kingman and out of a mare that Aiden trained. Um, but Coolmore ended up selling and Moy Glare bought her for like 1.9 million a few years ago. Um, it's a great family. Um, you know, should keep improving all the way. And the fact that he was able to do that on the 10th of April kind of bodes very well for him. And, 
yeah, I know he's, he, you know, he's giving up a little bit of experience to Blackbeard. Um, but yeah, I, I like Tough Talk a lot now. I think, um, I think he might take a bit of whacking to fill in my own bingo card. Tough Talk to win this short field race, seven to four, two to one. Very little <laughs> between them. What about you, Tony Calvin? Um, uh, either of the two front two in the market appeal to you, or where do you see this one? I can give Maymo a chance. I thought that was a good debut, second. But um, yeah, I spoke to Ryan about it this morning, obviously for his betting. Yeah. Well, what do you say? We had Noom t- on Friday. He he had he admitted that Tough Talk brings the best form into the race. So we obviously he respects him massively. He likes obviously he likes his horse. And he also obviously gave a good word for the filly that won first on that as well. But yeah, Tough Talk, I'd, I'd side with him, but I'm always worried about second time out when they stick these first time tongue ties on. I know Kev thinks there's nothing to it and you know it's, it's no real negative to it, but it, it puts a little bit of seed of doubt in my mind. But you know, Go and ha- go and read the comments that Joe Lyons said about this horse after it won on debut. It's mm. it sounds like you know they were willing to get beat first time up, and they're absolutely delighted. And obviously the fall has been frank. So yeah, tough talk, marginal call, but no bet for me. Okay, excellent. Right, um, let's move on to the two forty-five, the Greenland Stakes. Then um, again, six furlongs, so uh, quicker horses only. A case of you is in here eleven to four favourite. Brad the brief four to one. William Buick to take the ride. Power under me. At five to one, Glen Shield eleven to two, Monista at uh, Munista at a seven to one. Make a challenge, God! Remember him? Um, almost so close to actually that Group One glory, but uh, seems to have gone a little bit backwards since then. Urban Beast, the old warhorse for Johnny Murta as well. And um, right, Tony Calvin again, six furlong, quick horses here. A uh, bit of a puzzle this one. Make a case for a few. Who do you like? Yeah, um, obviously very very tough race. Early indications suggest you'll probably get around about six to one to Glen Shield. Um, likely to come on massively for the first run, uh, beaten by Brad Debrief, who also reopposes here. But mm. first time up, uh, Glenn Shield got beaten at seven to four in this race last year. So I think you'll see a better performance than that. We know we know that one's got the class to win this Group One winning sprinter, excellent form at Ascot. Uh, some of the obviously almost of his best form is at Ascot, but yeah, he has won at this course. So I think um, with the, with the stable in good form in the UK. They haven't got a great record going over to Ireland, but I thought the Archie Watson horse, Glenn Shields, probably a little bit overpriced around about the six to one mark. Okay, so Glenn Shield for Tony Calvin, six to one, eleven to two currently. What about yourself, Kev? Um, I like power under me, Charlines again. Um, <clears throat> like I thought his last two runs now were, were quite high level performances, albeit only in enlisted company. I thought he was very good at Cork on his return. I was actually down there in the day, and I'm not saying that for the sake of it, because I, I saw him, and I had a good look at him in the parade ring now, and he, I thought he was plenty burly now. Um, I kind of came out of the ring, kind of surprised he was fav, given how he looked, and now I don't see the horse every day. Maybe he's always that way, but um, I thought it was a good effort. He kind of he hung on the day as well and rallied, and he did well. Now he beat Munista, who um, you know is, is a sharp filly in her conditions as well, and then Twilight mm. Spinner back in third, who's won a group three since, and will hopefully win a group two on Sunday. Um, so I thought it was a good effort. There's rain knocking about. Um, I'd say there's definitely going to be an ease in it. If I had to guess, I'd say the easy side of good, um, which would be great for him now. See, he does like an ease. And um, I just wouldn't be surprised now if this is his kind of um, springboard to running in races like, you know, the Sprint Cup and things like that. Like, I, yeah. think, I, think, he could be, I think he's quite a nice horse. Okay, excellent stuff. Good stuff, lads. The 2000 guineas then. Um, and look, it's it, it's brilliant that Native Trail comes here, obviously. And Charlie Apple was brilliant sending his horses over last year. He came over and last year won the two year old, big two year old race as well. So he's back here, but he's in here at 11 to four on. So 
Um, he's not really a back of a price unless uh, that's your bag. Bookaroo uh, for Joseph, who Kevin can talk about in a second, is four to one, ran a cracker with uh, Piz Badil in a very tight race last time out. Ivy League for Aidan O'Brien is 11 to one. Atomic Jones for Jerry Lyons, 25s. Wexford Native is interesting. Um, I backed him first time out last time. Uh, he was running, I think, in Wexford and in Bulger. Wexford Native, I mean, the clue was in the name, 25 to one. And how would you like about the rest here? Um, right, Kev, kick us off. Um, Native Trail, obviously the best form. Um, you know, ran well in the Guineas um, without winning, even though a lot of people thought that he would. But is he vulnerable here? And if he is, who is most likely to beat him? Um, look, massively the case, of course, that he has the best form of the book. You know, last year we, we discussed it after the Guineas that, you know, we thought he ran a massive race. He, you know, on, on those couple of days, you know, low draws seemed to have an edge and he was drawn 15 beaten by one that was drawn in stall one in Corbus. And I have great regard for Corbus, but it seemed a particularly good run um, from Native Trail. So look, if the race goes smooth, um, you'd think an ease in the ground would be just fine for him because like, he, he does have a, a big knee action, always had. Um, so you think that shouldn't be a problem. Uh, it might even suit him. Um, but I'd say William Buick wanted to put his head through a wall when he saw the draw. The stall number one, I suspect, would have been the last draw he would have wanted. Why? Um, because he's on the rail. And unless now something funky happens between now and then, I suspect the field will race on that rail. And he's a horse that we know kind of he has wants to, to get through. boxed in. Yeah, he has to go through the gears. You know, he's not necessarily a push button horse. Yeah. He's in hostile waters here, Hugh. Uh, he would he only runs one though, doesn't he? He's only got what he's not got the yeah, that doesn't the matter if he trains him down. There's not one jockey in that race is going to do William Buick a favor at any yeah. stage of this race. Um, like you, the nothing is more ruthless than an Irish classic, and um, and every every jock in this race will know that he's the one to beat. That if they can oh. beat him, they can go win a guineas. So, mm-hmm. William Buick. Sleepless nights between now and then, I suspect. I, I like this, uh, I like Wexford Native without the favourite, Kev. I, I really I really like this horse the first time. I know he, he got beaten last time and he was behind Buckaroo, so he, Buckaroo, he's got some lengths to make up, but I really like Wexford Native here. Without the favourite, I might go for him. Yeah, I'd be... I, he's only had two runs. He can clearly improve, Hugh, but Jesus, Buckaroo hammered him last time. Yeah, I did. Yeah. Like I, I was very impressed with Buckaroo. Um, it, it was kind of a, a not quite an experiment, but a fact-finding mission. Like Joseph was getting the impression that he had the gears for a mile, even if his form didn't suggest it. So mm. he, he thought it was a good idea to try and see, and I'm sure it was a brilliant idea, and it worked. Um, and he absolutely bolted up. And um, again, I was there in the day, and I was I was standing into this horse after the race, like, and he he wasn't blowing a candle out. Like, I don't okay. think that that was hard work for him. And he and he bolted up, um, okay. and he he's just he's he's a sm- he's a gorgeous horse. He has a beautiful relaxed way of going. He proved his speed um, last the last time in the Tetrarch. Look, did he face anything in this in, in the same stratosphere as, as Native Trail? No, but he's 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 fully entitled to his chance here. The bit okay. of rain that's fallen would help him, and uh, yeah, I can't wait to see how he goes. He'll be a fantastic spin for Shane. And uh, yeah, just native trail is just look, he probably goes and wins, he can probably meet trouble and go and win anyway, Hugh. But it's just, it's probably not going to be all that fun for Buick down the inside. <laughs> Who have you come down on, TC? Uh, no real opinion, but I was quite struck by how positively Ryan uh, spoke about Ivy Lee. Now, obviously, he's got a lot to find, but 
I think last time they rode him with an eye to the future. I think he thrilled them there, coming stepping up to Group 3 company from handicap, a win off 84. I think, you know, this might be a bit too soon and he might need further. Uh, he's still in the derby, but I think they expect a good run from Ivy League while not expecting him to maybe trouble the top two. Uh, it's interesting what uh, Kev says about the tactics here, because wasn't this race a real bumper car event in 2020 when Siskin won? There was all Yeah, yeah. And he only just got out because Colin Keane picked the gap at the exact... He only had a window of about half a second. Picked his gap and off he went. It was so if Kev's anticipating a similar scenario on that rail, it could get very messy. Like, and like Kev said, I, I didn't really factor in the draw to be perfectly honest with you looking into it. But that horse needs one clear run at it. And if he's going to be chopping and changing, it might it might be might be a bit of a nightmare. He might decide to just take his medicine and come around the outside and forfeit ground. But yeah, it's not an angle I, I, I looked into the draw. But yeah, I, I fully take on all Kev's comments. But okay, it's not a betting race for me. Okay, what about you, Dan? Last word? Yeah, I'm just mega enthused to see him again. I mean, I don't think Kevin mentioned them. I mean, the draw that week at Newmarket was horrendous, really. Everything low, low drawn was winning, and he probably ran an absolutely massive race. I don't think it's beyond, uh, without question, that that he could prove to be the better of the pair. Um, okay. But yeah, no betting race. I'm just looking forward to seeing him strut his stuff. Okay, brilliant. That's Irish uh, 2000 Guineas then at the Curra on Saturday. Let's move on. Uh, two Goodwood lads on Saturday as well. We will cover Sunday's racing in another Racing in a Better podcast tomorrow. So Goodwood on uh, Saturday. The first race we're going to talk about is the 145. It's the William Hill Haraway's Handicap. Um, Tony Calvin, Evocative Spark is your 4-1 to one favourite here alongside uh, Alo Taibi at 4-1. to one, So co-favourites there. Uh, Gisburn at 5-1. to one, Bosch 13-2. Warren Heaven 13-2 and 7-1 to one bar. Who do you like, Tony, in this 7 furlong Handicap? I backed Anaf at 14 to 1 at the time of recording. That still stands. Um, hoping my old mate Jim Crowley uh, can get a win on the board after uh, Newbury last week. It's um, the, the angle with this horse is I think you can throw out his run at Newmarket last time when he went off favourite. If you look him coming out the stalls, veered left, got broadsided. The jockey had to come right around the outside to try and get a clear run. And, and, the, and to add insult to injury, the jockey came back and said he didn't handle the dip. But if you throw out that run, which he's been dropped a pound for, then go and have a look at his Newcastle fourth to El Caballero and, and uh, Tiber Flow, then uh, he, I think he's fairly handicapped off 95. He's got, obviously, he's got a plenty to plenty prove because he's never done it on grass. But, you know, he's got a really lightly raced, likeable profile. Uh, I'm, I'm willing to give him a try. I thought 14s was, was, was very, very big, uh, considering uh, that I think there were excuses for that run last time. Obviously, if he didn't handle, he's got a wide draw. And if he didn't handle Newmarket, Goodwood might not be in from as well. But mm. price is everything. And 14s was, I thought, was at least four points too big. I'd, I'd probably have him in single figure. So Anaf for me at 14s. And I'd still be backing him at 12s. Okay, Anaf at 14 to 1 for Tony Calvin. Um, for yourself then, Kevin Blake. I was giving Gisbert a chance. Um, horse I liked last year, disappeared for a while, came back, won a handicap with Newbury's final start. Um, sure, could be a small question mark, but I think he'll be okay. Um, uh, look, he's, he's carrying top weight, but he's earned it. Um, not one of my more bullish ones this week yeah. now, but he's okay. a horse I like, and I wouldn't be shocked if he progresses into a stakes horse in the fullness of time. Gives burn for Kevin Blake. The 215 is the William Hill Festival Stakes, then it's over a mile and two. A listed contest, Majestic Dawn. Uh, for Paul and Oliver Cole at 10 to 3 as your market leader. Moving time 9 to 2. Stormy Antarctic for Red Walker 5 to 1. Brent for Hope at 6 to 1 and 7 to 1 bar Dan Barber. 
Again, you can make a case for a few of these. Who do you like? I wouldn't want about that favourite. Me and Kev put him up at Chester really? thinking, oh, we might get a small uh, in a small in a short field. He might get an easy lead and be able to quicken away from them. But he stopped so quickly. Maybe just needed it, but his record fresh suggested otherwise. Maybe I'm foolish. I'm going back to Father of Jazz to finally prove himself the good horse that I thought he was. He's still not really fired on turf, but he had no chance in Earl of Sefton. I didn't think his reappearance was bad at all at Kempton. And he's last chance saloon for me, definitely. But this, I'm sure there's still a good horse in there based on what he was doing on our weather this time last year. Okay, good stuff uh, from Dan. What about yourself, uh, uh, Kevin Blake, please? Yeah, I'm going to go moving time again. He's a horse I've talked about before. I put him yeah. up last time off a, off a big weight and a big handicap. And he, he, ran, he ran well enough. He was messy in the stalls. And, you know, he just probably used a bit of fuel to, to get to get into the race. Um, he's back in listed company now, which is, is probably probably might just suit him a bit better rather than carrying big weights. And uh, I, I think there's a good horse in there. He just needs it to click a little bit. I'm hoping he'll come on from the run. Um, again, not a bullish shout. I, I found Goodwood quite tricky in the main, but um, I, I have to stick with him. Lovely. Okay, good stuff. Um, so moving time for K92. And Tony Calvin, your pick, please. Yeah, I thought this was a, I thought this was a nasty little race, to be perfectly honest with you. Uh, mm. Maybe ad infinitum. We won first time out of the course last year, getting this sex allowance. But um, I think... We'll come on to it uh, maybe later and when we do um, another meeting. But the Varian Yard, you can't go anywhere near them at the moment. They are it's because of lack of form. They are generally running very bad. I mean, like I, I did a piece earlier in the week, Tuesday on Tuesday, saying for the last six months, Varian has been twenty-two percent strike rate uh, for each of the last half a year. He's now he's had one winner, I think, this month, maybe two operating strike at four percent. He's, had, he's pulled two out at Sand. We're doing this on obviously Thursday uh, evening. He's pulled two out of Sandown tonight out of four. Be interesting to see how the other pair get on. And there's quite short prices as well. So I think the varying yards, if you're backing them, keep a very, very close eye, uh, eye okay. on how they're running. Okay, we'll move on to the 255 at York then, please. Uh, two to talk about here the five furlong handicaps, so the sprint handicap, Alligator Alley, nine to two. Look out, Louis, 13 to two, 50 to two, Joel. And it's uh, eight to one bar, Tony Calvin. Who do you like, please? Um, not going to have a bet. I'll start off. Okay. There's been uh, a bit of money around for Joel today on Thursday. Not surprising given the, the, the run he got last time. He's clearly a, pie, uh, a you know a season opener uh, with a view to future targets. If this was mm-hmm. the target, then he's interesting. He's been eased a bit. Great course form, decent handicap mark, but the quick turnaround is a little bit of a worry. But like I said, if this is the plan, then. You can see why the money's come for him, but I can see better bets on a very busy, uh, busy weekend elsewhere. Nine to one into fifteen to two. What about yourself, Dan? Yeah, like a couple in this. I mean, anybody noticed the sprint races at York last week? How well the pace was holding up? It was ridiculous. Yeah. Everything mm. that blasted. I'm just back into blasters. Atalis Bay is very Ooh. fast, and on his only running a handicap, he was off one o three, and he ran into a couple that proved to be. Really well in Mondamedge was one of those. The other one is the horse watcher's horse, Night on Earth. I just think he's... Remember, you would have been at Chester Kev when he blasted from the front. He's so fast. He led good sprinters for a long way, and he's not going to have horses chasing him of that calibre this time. I'll be backing both of those and praying that they cling on because the pace was just such an angle last week at York. Yeah. Nice shout. Strong point. You can see the, the angle there. Eight to one and 12. 
Yeah, I'd be, be thinking the same way as Dan and as Alice Bay is the one I like. He's a horse. I've tipped him loads of times in the podcast. I really like him. Yeah. Um, and I thought he was just too gassy on his, on his comeback. They, they ran him back in the in the Palace house and like exceptions would tell you like he just went too quick in front and that's why he folded. Um, so I, I suspect that'll knock some of the gas out of him. That was his first run for, for Robert Cowell. Too much um, Guinness. That's his problem, Kev. Quite possibly, quite possibly. Not one to speculate you, but you couldn't rule it out. Um, no, absolutely. Okay. <laughs> as, as Dan says, he ran a belter in, in that handicap at Haydock. Um, he okay. ran, if you look back at his um, his one and only run at York, um, it was one hell of a run. He finished second to the emerging winter power, a, a mile clear to third in, li- in a listed race this time last year. So um, I'd go with a Talis Bay. Not sure he'll, he'll get to the lead, but he's going to be very close to it, I'd say. Excellent. Okay, lads, that uh, brings us to our final race in the 3.30 at York is the Bronte Cup. It's a group three. Kev, you can kick us off here because um, my, Mighty Blue for Joseph is running in this at 10 to 3. Believe in Love is the market leader for Roger Ferrin at 5 to 2. Silent Speed's Andrew Bowling 4 to 1 and uh, all the way down. But Mighty Blue, what kind of a chance would you give this little beauty? I, I'm a big fan of hers. Uh, she's cost me a few quid, but she's also won me a few quid. Does she have a chance here? Yeah, she's been great. She went over. She went that fab for the race last year, and was it was a bit disappointing. I uh, was well, yeah. she ran all right, but she just she you know you'd be hoping they win when they're that price, and she only finished fourth. Um, but I thought her run at Goran last time was good. It was a bit mm. messy. Ended up out in the middle of the track, and um, you know if any rain that's knocking about will, will do her no harm at all. Um, Dylan's going over for the ride. Um, yeah. She's a filly that takes a, can take a strong grip. She's been better for the last year or so, but you'd always be happy to see her drawn low, which is where she is here, just so she can get plenty of cover and, uh, and help her to relax. And uh, it looks uh, it looks a winnable group three. It'll be a big result to win one with her. Um, Believe in Love is obviously a bit of a standout on form, but um, yeah, it, wouldn't, it didn't impress on her comeback, I thought, last time. And if she's not on her game, like this looks winnable. So yeah, fingers crossed. Lovely. I like that. Tony Calvin, you're nodding your head. Yeah, I mean, Kev spoke about this race earlier in the week and um, I thought it would cut up and it has done. Obviously, Search for the Song was um, was the editor's favourite and, and he's come out. But when I when I, I backed, I backed Glenn Artney. Um, I thought she ran really well over a mile four here last year. Step up to six, a mile six will suit this filly. Uh, I don't think there's much rain around, but any rain will be in her favour. Um, and again, the Ed Walker yard is, uh, he was, he was really worried about the, the, the general health of the yard, uh, up until recently, but like I said, he's had four of his last eight runners of one. And I, even though this filly's got a lot to find on ratings, I think she's 11 pounds shy, I believe in love, but again, that's a varying horse again. Uh, now I think, I think Glenn Artney is a, a, a big improver. I think that four foot Goodwood can be improved upon, uh, massively weak in the market there and she was also struck into after the race uh, struck into in the race apparently so Glenn Artney needs to improve but I think he will uh, I think she will and I think this is a very very winnable race beautiful and last word to you Dan Barber in the Bronte Cup yeah I think the top odds will probably win if if she's right or back on it but Urban Artist was second in this race last season when also fresh uh, behind uh, Tribal Craft and if he's, it looks a plan, doesn't it? I think they're going to get her ready for this race. She goes well fresh and she might get a soft lead. I don't think there's a lot of pace in this. Yeah. Mm. The Bronte Cup. Brilliant. Okay, lads, that's it. Well done. Bit of a marathon this week. A lot of races to get to, but we did it. All that remains is to get your naps. 
Um, now, in our current little table here, I'm leading on plus 36 ahead of Kevin plus 33. But Barry hasn't factored in my United Nations win, which is another three points. So, Kev, I'm actually about three points ahead of you, not just the uh, three pounds that Barry has down. But sure, look, we'll, we'll, we'll fix that and we'll bring it back for next week. Uh, Tony and Dan yet to have a winner on minus 30 each. Um, right, Tony, um, you're not please. I'm going to go with... I always get this one. I was kicking myself for, for not going uh, in with Kev last week on the Shine So Bright. I'm going to go Glenn Artney. Glenn Artney to beat Joseph's Mighty Blue. That's an interesting shot in the Bronte Cup. Um, Dan Barber. No. Atalis Bay, please. Make Atalis Bay. A win only. Atalis Bay for Dan Barber. For Kevin Casey, Blake. Kev. Love Atalis, please. Um, yeah. I'm going to go for Miranda. Miel, doll, meal, flower, meal, beauty, Miranda. Lovely, good stuff. Um, and I was torn between Gavin Cromwell's Mr. Wilson and Go Bears Go and Haydock, but I'm going to go with Go Bears Go! I can't believe it's like Native Trail. You've let us down. No, no, no. Native, I actually think Native Trail. I, I'm, not, I'm not sold about it. I'm not sold. So Go Bears Go um, to win the 310 at Haydock on Saturday. Okay, that's about our lot for this weekend. When I say this weekend, I mean Saturday only. We're back with Racing Only Better tomorrow to look at Sunday's card. Um, at the curve, the 1,000 guineas should be an absolute cracker where Dermot Wells' homeless song is going to absolutely bolt in. You mark my words. And um, Don't forget a money-back special, as I mentioned, in the 235 at Haydock. Money-back as a free bet. If your horse fails to place, that's the horse with uh, Gavin Cromwell's Mr. Wilson, which I was thinking about happening today, but I'm still going to back it on that. Betfair special. And we are back with Wade In on Monday as well to go through all the weekend's racing. But thanks to Tony, Dan and to Kev. Enjoy the weekend. Gamble responsibly. Talk to you tomorrow.